This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. I'm having a pinch me moment because somebody who I've been following for a long time who has provided me with so much like grace, peace, encouragement, light during the last couple of years is joining me on the show today. We are going to talk all about her new book, Peace is a Practice. Joining me today is Morgan Harper Nichols. You may follow her on Instagram. Uh, She has almost 2 million followers who tune in every day or whenever it gets across their feed to see her beautiful creative expression and the words that she shares. Morgan, you are talented in many different ways. I mean, you've got these canvases where you're painting, you paint digitally, you write poetry, you are a performer, like you've used your voice alongside several projects, like Grammy nominated projects, not just little (laughs) things. You are a mother. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So we are in the presence of greatness today on the Raw Beauty Beauty Talks podcast. Thank you for carving out time to be here with us today. Oh, well, thank you for having me and thank you for that intro. And I apologize to everyone for all my nervous laughter as you were talking. I was just like, oh my goodness, she's talking about me. So I'm I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful that I get to do a lot of things. Um, A a lot of it though, literally most of it falls under the umbrella of artist. And just to be totally transparent as any artist or creative knows, and I learned this in my early 20s, like trying to do something with art is very hard. Like it's very hard financially. I mean, it takes a toll. So for me, even a lot of my exploration came from just trying to find something that I could do because I knew I wanted to be creative. I knew I wanted to do something creative in the world and just trying to find a way to to make it work. And Mm. just sure, the current version of what I do was honestly like my last resort. Mm. I was like, okay, I've tried music. I've tried photography. I tried to be a lifestyle blogger. I tried to be a vlogger. I tried to be a YouTuber, all these different things. I tried so many different things. And it came, when it came down to pen on paper and trying to write poetry and trying to make art on my iPad, when I started, I felt like, okay, this is just going to be a small thing that I just do. And it's literally all I can think of. Like, I don't, I have no more ideas. And I felt like it was really simple in comparison to, especially my music career, because I had a, I had a really fun run. I got to be on big tours and and perform with artists and sing on these big records and all these things. So it felt like a much smaller version 
But at the end of the day, it's, I wouldn't have any other way. I'm so grateful. It's, I've been shocked at how something small and just like being committed to being present with it can end up flourishing and blooming how it was meant to. So Wow. I have full body goosebumps. So (laughs) refreshing to hear you say that this came at the end of the rope, like probably Mm -hmm. when when you're at a point of not feeling a lot of peace around Mm -hmm. your art and creativity. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And one thing I've shared, I've shared in the past, but I keep, I keep saying it just, just to just remind myself is that when I first started sharing it too, I actually was losing followers like on Instagram because I was posting about music one day and the next <laughs> I was just like, hey guys, here's some doodles from my iPad, check it out. And yeah, there were some people who were like, I have no idea what you're doing. I don't ever remember following this random person's right. doodles. Right. <laughs> so it was interesting, but even that just taught me because within that, for some reason, I was like, I don't know why, but even seeing like that number go down kind of makes me want to keep going. Like, Mm. I feel like I'm downsizing the way I need to so that this can like grow into what it was meant to be. So yeah. Yeah. Releasing what is no longer yours to hold, to create space, like with wide open palms for what is Mm. meant to be yours. We are feeling the same thing over on the Robbie Detox Instagram page. We are losing people. And it's very interesting because I'm finally pushing myself to step out from sharing stories and images of other women to really sharing what I've learned from those people, but with Mm. me facing forward. And I am not for a lot of people who are here to see those other women. And so, of course, being human, I have moments where I'm like, holy F, this hurts my ego, or am I making the right choice? But deep down, I feel more free and expressed and more myself than ever before. I love that. It is so interesting because I actually had, I've been having something similar happen with me again because I have been sharing most of my art and a lot of people have followed me for the art. And recently I've just been sharing some personal photos and those photos get less likes. They get less, you know, shares and all those things. Like I'm not going to see someone sharing a photo of my face, like at the same level that they've shared my other things. So even that, I I was just kind of curious about that today within myself. I was like, Oh, that's a change, but I'm okay with it because the people who did stop and say, Oh, wait, she's sharing more of herself. She's sharing this vulnerable part of her story and they connect it with it. I'm like, that's special. And it's unquantifiable. It's like, that's not about the numbers anymore. It's just like, oh my gosh, I said something that was really vulnerable and scary to put out there. And another human being responded and said, yeah, I get that. Thank you for sharing. I'm just like, that's all I need. That's <laughs> like, all that, you need. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think that my social has felt the most unsatisfying when the true connection wasn't there. Like when you're just Mm. aiming for the metrics, the like shiny stats, what really feels good is when people are commenting and sharing their opinions or their thoughts and connecting with you. I love seeing you on the page more. I mean, Mm. I feel like it brings it to life and yeah, I guess I would be less likely to share unless the caption like really captivated me than the words, but I feel more connected to you and your art and your page when I'm also getting to see you Mm. as an individual. Mm. I think it's also so important to know 
an aha moment that's already popped up in this conversation, which is that as human beings, we are going to evolve time and time and time again, and that that's normal and it's okay to change the direction that you're going in or Mm -hmm. to let go of something that's no longer serving you and that it's not a failure. I mean, I think probably when you look back at some of the different creative paths that you've taken, they've all in some way been stepping stones to where you are now. It's not like they were just pointless and useless. Oh yes. That's so true. And it's like, when you're, when you're on one of the stepping stones, it doesn't feel like a path. Like it just feels like you're (laughs) It just feels like you're just jumping from one boulder to the next <laughs> yes. and just hold it on for dear life. It's only in the looking back that we're able to see like, oh, wait a second. This is way more connected than I could see in real time. So mm. yeah, that's why I even I even write so much about just reflection and looking back and just remembering how far you've come because it's I don't think it's a coincidence that we all have these stories that we're able to look back on and say like, oh, wait, like I did make it through that. That, or, oh, that was a really scary time. Or, wow, that used to really freak me out. And now it doesn't freak me out anymore. That's right. awesome that I was able to make that process. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge believer in that. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, Country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B A B B E L com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. One of the things that you've opened up with is your experience being diagnosed with autism later in life than others. Tell me a little bit about that boulder 
Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, it was a very tall boulder with <laughs> a big pointy top. And I was just like, I guess I'm going for it. I hope I make it <laughs> onto the top. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. So I actually came to discovering that, oh, wait a second, I might be autistic and I might need to seek help and support for this through a series of TikTok videos. For whatever reason, the algorithm decided to show me uh, some stories of women who have been diagnosed as adults. And what, yeah, Hold on. what were was... some of your symptoms or what were some of the things yeah. that you were like, whoa, that's me. Yeah. A lot of it had to do with like social interactions and just needing to prep and prepare to talk to people. Like one thing that is common amongst a lot of autistic people is we literally will create scripts that we have to be able to talk to people. And it's different from person to person. And at the same time, there are these kind of like common things about yeah. like a lot of kids are autistic. They, they struggle with making friends and it gets, it's continues to be hard as an adult. You feel like you never quite learned how to make friends, like how to make a best friend. And I'm hearing women talk about this on TikTok and videos and my jaw is just dropping. I'm like, Oh, that's what that is. Like I have dealt with that my whole life. And then there's another whole component with uh, sensory overload. A lot of, a lot of people autistic also have a sensory overload uh, diagnosis as well. It was like eerily familiar. <laughs> I was just wow. like, oh yeah, loud noises, bright lights, these things affect me. I need a ton of recovery time, you know, if I'm in like a loud setting, so yeah, it was through a few different creators and people sharing on TikTok that led me to Google and trying to find a specialist in my area. And, and thankfully I was able to find one. Wow. Were you sort of thrown off by this new diagnosis or did you feel a sense of relief and like greater understanding of who you are and why some of these things that you'd experienced were part mm -hmm. of your reality? Yeah, I felt relief. I felt more confident, more empowered than I had ever felt in my entire life. And prior to that moment, even before TikTok, I had had different experiences where I thought it might be a possibility, but autism looks very different in girls and girls are not diagnosed in the same way that boys are. So it's just like a whole, it's a lot of hurdles, a lot of things to try to jump over to even get a doctor to just talk yes. with you for five minutes about it. So when that moment finally came, it was huge relief. And, you know, I wanted to share because I was just like, I, I just felt that I was like, with the platform that I have, there is probably another autistic, probably black woman also, who is probably just feeling completely lost and doesn't have doesn't have the answers or even know where to start. And I was like, I'm going to share for her. Mm. And yeah, since then I have met several. <laughs> um, and even it turns today, out that even, I have. <laughs> yeah. Even today, someone that I followed on social media and we don't talk a ton, but uh, left a comment. It was like, yeah, your post last year helped me pursue my own diagnosis. <laughs> I just, wow. I was like, what? I didn't even know. So yeah, I so yeah. powerful. It's so, so powerful. And it can be very hard to open up about these things that sometimes have a stigma attached to them or where we feel uncertain in our worth mm -hmm. when we are labeled X, Y, or Z. I mean, there's so many things that we can be labeled with that mm -hmm. carry 
discomfort for us, but I think keeping that mindset that in sharing it almost, I mean, without a doubt, it helps somebody, it helps somebody to feel a little bit more okay. And in, in who mm-hmm. they are. And it's really fascinating because there's, there's a lot of, a lot of research that's being done about just how just neurodivergence in general and how there are way more people out there who, who think differently or don't follow like this certain kind of life or schedule or whatever it is. And it's just like, yeah, it's not like this, like random novel thing. And it were just like these few random unicorns, <laughs> no. you know, just scattered about. It's just like, no. actually there's a whole bunch of us. Yes. Um, but because of lack of knowledge and just research that's continuing to evolve, like we don't always see it and we don't always understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. I mean, it's, it's opened my eyes to a lot of other areas in my life where I feel like I have been maybe just holding on to some like, Oh, this is how everyone else is. So I guess I have to be this way too. And then just having to pull back and say, Whoa, wait a minute. Actually, no. Um, <laughs> Talk to me about like, that. What are some yeah, areas actually, that you've been noticing? Yeah. So, you know, and this is why I love what you talk about. Mm-hmm. And I had a period in my life, like where I was just very curious and I still am in this season of, of trying plant-based food. And I found myself in a very interesting space because I was like, the more I researched, the more I found that, wow, there's people out there who, for whatever reason, they're coming to this and like, you need to do this right now in this order, this way, or you're not one of us. And I was just like, oh, wow, this is actually what turned me away from even wanting to be curious about this years ago, because I felt that pressure of like, you need to follow this path and otherwise like how dare you like it's just it gets pretty wild like as you know like <laughs> it does people are passionate about their ways <laughs> yeah it's a very very sensitive serious topic and for me I just started to recognize like you know what I'm just gonna try the food I want to try I'm just gonna let myself be curious about it like and that's what I'm doing I'm not going to put this pressure on myself like okay it all needs to come from this way this I'm like Life is so stressful. I'm not going to add that on for myself. So yeah, you're actually the first person I've told that. Oh my gosh. I very The first time I've talked about it because it's like to even talk about that comes with so much like, well, here's what you will probably do or need to do from this moment forward. Yes. And also we attach so many labels about who a person is if they eat a certain way. Like Mm -hmm. if you are somebody who eats fast food, we have a perception of who that person is, Mm -hmm. which I do eat fast food. If you (laughs) uh, are plant-based, you are this. If you count macros, then you are that. And Mm -hmm. depending on you know, where you stand in the whole conversation, you'll have a different perspective of who this individual is. We are not what we eat. The foods that you choose to eat should be right for your body and your taste buds and your preferences and what is available in your area and what is financially feasible yeah. for you. Like all of these things come yeah, into play. It's so, it's so true. Like I had a moment where, where I was just like, oh, I'm drinking all these plant-based foods. And at that point, in that point, I think I, I had gone like, five days and everything I'd eat was plant-based. And then I had some honey and I just didn't even think about it. And my husband was like, I don't think that's plant-based. And I was like, oh, probably not. <laughs> but 
oh well. But I wanted some honey. <laughs> I was like, I want some honey. And yeah. Instead, I've had plenty of things that weren't plant based, and it's just like, yeah, but I'm not gonna okay. put that on. I'm like, I'm not gonna put that on myself. Like, I'm not gonna put that on myself. Like, you need to do this a certain way. And the reason why is just like, there's so many things like that in life already that I'm still unpacking. You know, there's so much about how people expect a a Black person to be in the world or how people expect me as an artist to be or somebody who's from Atlanta. You know, there's so many things that I'm unpacking like, I'm just not, no, we're not, I can do that. Mm. Like, <laughs> we're just so not many boxes, <laughs> so many boxes that we're all put in and mm-hmm. that we can punch right out of if yeah. we're brave enough to do that. But it, it's also really kind of hard and scary to do that because you can feel like you're on a solo island or back on mm-hmm. a, a boulder by yourself yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <All> alone, <laughs> not doing what everyone else is doing. And yeah. as humans, like by nature, we're designed to, want to fit in and to want Mm -hmm. to connect with others. So for anybody who's listening right now, I want you to think about an area in your life where things feel not so black and white and more colorful, which is a perfect analogy considering we're talking to Morgan right now, who is like the queen of colorful images (laughs) where you could just do you and you could, you could do what feels right for you and, and not worry about how other people perceive you. I'd love to talk a little bit about your recent project that you've launched, which is your second book, Peace is a Practice. Tell me a little bit about what inspired this book. And I mean, it's very timely that it's being released right now. So I'd love to hear a little bit about it. Yes. So I have been, since receiving my autism diagnosis and even leading up to that, just the questions I was asking about myself and my life and just seeing what was going on in the world at large. I just found this common theme of like, I just need a moment to breathe. And I think many people experience this where the small things started to bring you peace, such as just experiencing a little bit of fresh air or an afternoon where there was nothing on the calendar, like just like, oh, just the small things just started to become illuminated. And that theme just started showing up in my poetry and my artwork. And I was like, I think there's something deeper here. So what I started doing was just looking for patterns of peace in my own life and just noticing how peace is, is not this like thing that I can just go and just buy off a shelf somewhere, but it's, it's a state of body, mind, heart, and soul. And it's a way of being that I have to keep practicing coming back to. That was what I just started thinking about so much because I would have these peaceful moments where I'm like, okay, I'm taking in the sun, I'm breathing in this fresh air. And then it's like five minutes later, I look at my phone and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> it's like that peaceful moment. Peace never has left the building. Ha- yeah, it's like it never <laughs> even happened. Or there's so many things that can pull us out of peace. I was like, even on the days where I'm just like, you know what, everything's kind of good. I'm I'm having a pretty good day. Even then, at least somebody in my phone's contact list is having the opposite day. Like, so I was just starting to think about how I'm like, wow, we really need more peace in this world. And the world would probably be a better place if more Mm. people could operate from peace. So I'm like, how do we get there? Like, what are we going to do? And 
I was like, yeah, the only way is to, is to practice it. We have to just keep practicing going there over and over and over again. Even just coming to that realization just gave me permission to write about it because I was like, I'm not some expert on peace. I'm just someone that's here who is inviting you to join me on this journey of something I've been practicing and let's practice together. I'm so excited to talk to you about a few ways that we can all practice peace, whether peace is the word that resonates for you or inner calm or centered or grounded. I think this is something that all of us are really craving right now. And I also noticed with a lot of the people that I work with, it's also something we're uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. And hearing you say, you know, even on the days when I am feeling really at peace, what was coming up for me is then we sabotage that feeling or our mind starts to get crazy (laughs) and think about Mm -hmm. the fact that this isn't going to last or something bad's going to happen. And so I love that you're not saying that peace is a state that we're just going to land in, but it's really something that we have to work on cultivating Mm -hmm. in our life. And so we'll talk about some strategies together. You can then hopefully practice as you're out there in the world. I really, I mean, we need peace as individuals and as a global community now more than ever. It Mm -hmm. is effing vital and it starts with each one of us as individuals. So let's talk about how to get more peace. I want you to think about what it is that you're wanting to welcome into your life. I want you to remember that we're not going to sit around and wait for it because that's just not what we do in this community. We're going to go out and get it for ourselves. What is one way that you love landing in a space of peace? I love focusing on the little things, because I think there's like a peace ideal that we may all have of like, okay, there's this place, this cabin in the mountains or, (laughs) and you know, this beautiful retreat center in the desert or this beach house by the water. It's like, we all have these images of like, yeah, that's where I need to go. Like we all have these like bigger ideals. And I I think those ideals are, are really good to think about. I have them myself. And at the same time, there's all these little ways that we can enter into a state of peace that I'm just obsessed with looking for those because Mm. in one way or another, we're all busy. We've got things going on. So I'm like, how can we continue to find those little ways into peace, which end up being much bigger once we enter into them? So one example that I love, love, love to share with people is the concept of really mindfully listening to music. Music is filled with so many stories and so much richness. And many of the people who create music are are entering into that creation process of a place of seeking peace themselves. Mm. So it's like when you sit down and you listen to songs where that person entered into that space, you're, you're entering into peace in that moment, like with this other person and probably other people all around the world who are listening to that song. If someone's like, well, how do I find this song? It's like, Go look up your favorite albums or or popular songs and go look up the ballads on the albums. Like go go find the songs that maybe they weren't the singles. Maybe they weren't the like, 
let's get pumped for life, you know? <laughs> and, and maybe they were just the songs that the, the writer, the vocalist was just like, I just want to just be present to this emotion. And it doesn't have to be a happy emotion. It could just be someone reflecting on loss in a poetic way that just speaks to you. So I have several playlists that I play throughout my house. Like when I'm just, I'm like, that's something that I can just do. And these songs serve as cues of like, being in the present moment. Maybe for some it's songs from childhood or it's songs from like that one semester in college that you just really loved. And it's just so nostalgic when you think about it. And just really finding that. I I just love that because I'm like, it's so accessible. It's like, oh, I've never (laughs) thought about music as, as bringing peace. But as you say that, like, of course. And when I think about the music that I'm really drawn to, as embarrassing as this is, it is like the sad, heart-wrenching ballads, that type of music. It breaks Mm -hmm. me open too. And sometimes that's the space that we need to get to in order to Mm -hmm. find the release that brings peace. I mean, I think we can get into this mindset where peace is always going to feel so good. And it does, but sometimes that peace can come with a release that might look like tears or, mm-hmm. you know, an ex- a feeling of anger that we're expressing through our art or words or writing or movement, whatever it is that can also equate to peace as well. Yeah, that's so true. And that's one thing that I, I love writing about is like pursuing peace is, is not, does not mean the annihilation of discomfort. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that everything in your life is suddenly perfect and it's just perfect bliss and you don't have to worry about anything anymore, but it's just recognizing that no matter where you are, there is freedom to breathe. One of the things that I had on my list, speaking of breath that I find can be really supportive and finding peace is breathing is connecting to breath. I mean, I'm, I've gotten really into meditation over the last couple of years and more recently breath work, but it is a tool that is free that we have at all times that is within us that we can come back to time and time again, Mm -hmm. that I find personally provides a lot of, of peace. Yeah. 100%. I meditate pretty regularly. And for me, a lot of times that meditation is like a guided meditation where I am, I am able to, you know, follow instructions from someone else who's telling me, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? But (laughs) recently over the past few months, I've actually have been doing a lot of just like unguided meditations and just, and just trying to like turn on like meditative music or maybe even sometimes white noise and just kind of see what happens. And, and it takes practice to get to that point. You know, if it's like, you've never meditated before, like that might just totally freak you out. You're just like, Nope, I'm not trying to do that. And that's okay. It's just like, you can literally start at any point. If you take one deep breath, that's a start and that matters. And there's so much that you can continue to build on from there. Beautiful. So we've got music, we've got breath. What else can be supportive in finding peace? Yes. One of my favorites that I wrote about, and and it's so funny because I, I don't like to be like, well, in my book, but I mean this sincerely. <laughs> it is in I your book, that. though. <laughs> I know. I mean this straight. Like, I talk about how one of the things that's kept me from peace, especially in recent years with everything going on, is just feeling like I'm not that good at community and friendship. It's so much pressure. And it keeps it keeps me in an anxious place 
place, like constantly thinking about, oh my gosh, like I need to comment that person back. I need to respond. I need to let them know that I, that I saw them and, and, oh, who are my close friends? And there's so much to that. And I decided to write about that because I was like, you know, I don't think I'm the only person who's dealt with that. I was like, there's some people who maybe they are just effortlessly like friends with their people and they don't even worry about this. But I actually did a survey once, a very informal survey on my Instagram stories. (laughs) Those are my favorite kinds of surveys. (laughs) And I asked, I was just like, hey, have you struggled with making friends, keeping friends? And 60% of the people say yes. So I'm like, and that's for a- sure more than that as well, yeah. <laughs> who are maybe in friendships, but struggle with like, did I say the right thing? Or uh-huh. am I a good enough friend? Or yeah. am I showing up right now? Exactly. Or I don't know if I want that person in my life anymore. Yeah. Oh, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. That's been a huge thing for me is trying to figure that out. And, and I feel like just in general, as society, like we don't talk about friendship as near as much as we talk about romantic relationships. So I'm like, we should talk more about that. So I'm like, let me talk about it. How am I finding peace when it comes to this topic of community and friendship? And I thought about this journal that I have. I started this journal because one day I was reading a book. It was a nonfiction book. And in a lot of nonfiction books, you have at the end of the book, it's called a bibliography. It's just the section where the author is able to source everyone that they referenced in the book. And I was looking at this particular bibliography and I thought, I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. Like some of these authors that are mentioned here, I've actually seen them reference in each other's books. And I was like, oh, they're kind of like a little community of writers. And I was like, isn't that interesting? I was like, these people... I don't know if they hang out or not. I don't know if they have a group probably text not. or not. Like, yeah. I don't, I was like, they probably don't. I was like, but this too is community. I was like, I tend to think of community as like who I'm socializing with in real time. But I was like, that's just one version of it. And I was like, isn't that interesting? I was like, what if, what instead of me stressing out about who I have in my life right now all the time, I just took a moment and I started this with a journal to make a list of all the people who have impacted my life in some way, who Mm. have been a part of my own personal bibliography, who've been a part of my own community. And as I started to make the list, I had people who are still in my life today, but I also had this girl that I met my freshman year of college who gave me, I, I told her that I liked her shirt and she was like, oh yeah, it's my favorite band. And we started talking about bands She stopped by my dorm later that night and said, hey, I burned a mixtape of that band and some other bands that you might like. And she gave it to me and I listened to it and I loved everything on there. And so many of the bands that she referenced are still some of my favorite bands or they end up leading me to other bands that I love. And I never saw that girl ever again. I've tried to find her on on Instagram. I can't find her. And I'm like, she is a part of my community. Absolutely. We only had that one brief moment in time together that day but she's forever a part of my story. And from there, I just started thinking about so many moments, people I used to see on a regular basis and I don't anymore. And I'm just like, yeah, this is what community looks like. And, and a lot of times it does look like in-person, in real time, here's all my people, here's our group text, here's our group photo, but that's just one version of it. And Mm. that just gave me a lot of peace. So I just hope that that's something that other people can kind of practically try, like create your own personal bibliography of all the people who've impacted you. And you can also include, just like an author does, include people you've never met before. 
So include oh. the the uh, the authors and the speakers and the poets and the, the all the quotes that you love. Those people are a part of your story too. Absolutely, I, I I love this so much. And what I'm hearing as well, like we're focusing in on relationships, but you really shifted from a scarcity mindset to a more abundant mindset around mm. relationship. You cultivated a practice that was all about recognizing the things that you do have, giving gratitude for the people who've been in your life, honoring them, like focusing in on what is working. And I yeah. think this is something that I'm working on. That's also giving me peace is focusing on what is going well. And this doesn't mean that we just stick our head in the sand and ignore Mm -hmm. things that, you know, feel tricky or difficult, but we, we make it a practice to Mm -hmm. focus on giving gratitude, to focus on thanking individuals, to focus on what we do have and what is working. And with that, I found like a lot of space to just breathe and Mm -hmm. almost feeling like my body is able to relax a little bit. Yes. Oh, I love that. It's that, the way you just described that was so poetic and also just practical. I mean, it's a very real time thing that we have to think about. You know, for those individuals who have experienced struggle, which is every single person, huh? none of us are immune. I can guarantee you can find some meaning behind the hard moments. Like mm-hmm. maybe there's one other person that you can touch or one other person that you can support, or you'll be a better mother because you're able to support your kids in getting through it or whatever it is. Like these challenging times or moments that move us out of a, of a space of peace are also kind of the guiding lights to direct us exactly where we need to grow and learn and to come back to that state, which is always, always there for us whenever we want to tap into it. It's so true. And one way that I feel like I've been finding a lot of meaning for the things that are in my life that I have big questions about. And even over the past few years, I mean, unfortunately, I've I've lost some loved ones. I've lost people that I, that I was like, oh, wow. I mean, you just don't think about that person not being here and then they're just not here. And even just wrestling with that and, you know, like just think of those big capital letter G grief and grief and, and all of that. It's, you know, I find a lot of meaning in knowing first, we're not the only ones going through it. That is just always the case. And it might feel that way a lot of times, like, especially if you're dealing with something with your mental health and, but you're not surrounded by anyone who is even comfortable with talking about that, yeah. then yeah, you might feel really alone. But I think at the same time, if we can continue to remind each other that we're not alone, that's a huge component. And then also too, it's just that like everything we experience is a part of a larger story. And it's a part of a larger story that doesn't look like a linear path of a mountain. Mm-hmm. And it's more rounded. It looks more like seasons, going through cycles of seasons. And there's some winters that are absolutely terrible. There's some winters that are bearable. There's some summers that are amazing. And there's some summers where the AC goes out. It's like <laughs> there's all kinds of seasons. And we might be experiencing any of those at any given time, but it's like we do cycle through them. And I love that word cycle because it takes us back to the breath because we have a respiratory cycle and the breath Mm. cycle. So it's like the same way we move in and out of breath cycles, we move out of life cycles. So that's just something I I've been holding on to. And, and, you know, I try to share with others too. So I love that so much. I think it's so important to note that 
in times of grief, that's not always the time to be like, oh, there's some great meaning behind this. No, yeah. be angry and sad and pissed yeah. off and it can yeah. just suck. But mm-hmm. like you said, it's it's a cycle and we'll move out of that deep pain eventually with time mm-hmm. and and back into things that feel more comfortable and then back again to the, mm-hmm. like it all ebbs and flows. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing some pieces of your story that I know aren't always easy to talk about for being really real and raw and not coming to the table as like somebody who's a self-proclaimed expert with all of the answers, but really putting it out on the table that you've been learning alongside all of us. And these are Mm -hmm. strategies that have supported you. I am so excited for everybody who's listening to get your book and to dive into the stories and tools that you share. Also make sure you go follow Morgan on Instagram. We'll make sure that we link to the book and her Instagram page and her website down below so that you can find all of her goodness. We need more Morgan in our life. All of us do. Yes, yes, yes. Morgan, something I ask everyone at the end of the episode is if you could write an email that was going to land in the inbox of every single human in the world, what would you say? And that was going to be the last message that anyone would ever receive from you. (laughs) Wow. Oh my goodness. Well, that is definitely a big task, (laughs) but I will say that I did have a little bit of prep because I, one time made this like fake billboard and I, and I thought about that. I was just like, if everyone was going to see this, what would it say? (laughs) What did you put on your billboard? I feel like I'm really building up the hype, but it's just like, I just had to pick something and I was just like, this is what I would say. May you never discredit how far you have come. And that's what I would put. And there's a reason why, because many years ago when I was just starting to, I started my online shop, I made like a, a sweatshirt that set that on there. And my husband and I, we drove out to like a random screen printing place, like an hour from where we live to go pick him up. And there was a guy who was helping me put all, helping us put all the stuff inside of the car. And he was like, what do y'all do? <laughs> and he was just asking, I was like, well, I'm an artist. And he was just like, yeah, but like, what is this like on the sweater? And I was like, oh my gosh, like, if you don't get it, it's fine. Just leave it alone. Not like, for you, you know? not for you. <laughs> yeah, no, just like, he was just so good. He was like, what is it? And then I was just like, well, so rude. I was like, I'm a writer. And you know, I, I, I put words and art together. And I was just like trying to explain, like, can we just take the shirts and go? Like, I don't, <laughs> if you hate it, it's okay. And he was like, huh. He was like, well, so you wrote that. You wrote the words on that thing. I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> and he was kind of aggressive about it. He's like, well, I just have to let you know. I had never thought about that before in my life. I have come really far. I'm never going to discredit how far I've come. Thank you so much. Oh, my <laughs> And I God. just stood there with, like, my jaw just open I. I was like, thank you. <laughs> and it was just to this day, that's one of my favorite life moments because I mean, I, I never would have thought that that's where that was going. I was, or that this was the guy, this was yeah. a guy who was going to be impacted by those words. Yeah, You're there thinking was, he's like about to tear you apart for I what know, you're but creating. He but like, he no, I message. want the person to know who wrote this, like how much that spoke to me. And, and in that moment, I, you know, it felt like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a vessel. Like I'm a vessel mm-hmm. of a, of a larger message here because it's like, if someone said write something for him, I never would have been able to do it. I, I don't have that 
capacity. I don't know his story. I don't know anything about him. So I was like, wow, how cool is this that something can come through you that ends up connecting with people that you never would have imagined. So to this day, like that was one of my favorite life moments. Let me affirm that what he was saying and this idea of you being a vessel, like you are truly incredible. And the messages that you put out in the world are so needed. They are landing more than you could possibly, probably even ever know. Mm -hmm. And I want every single person to come in contact with you and to feel everything that you're putting out there in the world. And I hope that you feel our support and love and Um, yeah, I just can't wait to continue to watch you rise. So for anybody who's listening right now, if you enjoyed this episode, if you're taking something with you, uh, even if you're just taking a moment to think about what it is that brings you peace, inner calm, a feeling of being more centered or grounded in your own life, that's all that we can ask. That's all that we can ask. Take what lands with you, leave the rest behind, where can everybody find you if I haven't already mentioned it? Is there anywhere else that I should be directing people? Oh, no. I mean, I'm Morgan Harper Nichols pretty much everywhere on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube, <laughs> all, all the, the things. Yeah. And morganharpernichols.com. I try to make that easy to like put all the links to everything there. It's so, the most yeah. beautiful site ever. Oh, ever, thank ever, you. Ever. It's gorgeous. <laughs> yes. All right, everyone. I will see you next week. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Rob Talks community at Rob Talks, And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.